2: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And here with the new show, kind of an old show, but a new show. This show is going to be longer than the Steelers Connection podcast. You hear from me from time to time. This is going to be the Black and Gold Blitz. And that is something that, actually, you know, to kind of step back, you know, I'm the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is one of the largest, if not the largest Steelers fan set on the internet. And it all came back to how I got started. Um, a friend of mine that I used to work with, we decided to do our our own podcast. Now, we called that podcast The Extra Point Show. No one listened. It was fun. We did it in our free time. That's all that was. My buddy ended up leaving, going to a new job, and I found myself wondering what I was going to do. Well, he was a Dolphins fan, and I'm a Pittsburgh fan, and so I decided to start my own website, my own podcast, and that's where the Black and Gold Blitz became... Alive. It gave birth to the Black and Gold Blitz. Blackandgoldblitz.blogspot.com is a free website. If you know the blogger platform, and this was years ago, and I talked about the Penguins, the Pirates, and the Steelers, and it was it was a lot of fun. But eventually, I was putting so much time into it. My wife, especially, said, "Isn't it kind of ridiculous? You're putting this much time into something that you're not getting paid for?" And so I agreed, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to start looking around. After a quick Google search. I found a website called Rant Rant Sports, and I applied, I got accepted, and they told me that I could certainly write about the Steelers for their website. I gave them plenty of uh, articles that I had written for my own website, and they said they would take me on. Now, they told me that I'd be paid by click, pay-per-click, basically is what they called it, and so depending on how much traffic you drive to your articles, depends on how much you get paid. So I worked there for a half a month. They said, well, you won't know how much you make because they backload their pay. Come to find out, I work my butt off. There's a lot of very intricacy there's a lot of intricacies within that website and how they write their articles or how they did it, at least. I come get my first paycheck, it doesn't come. So I talked to my boss like hey, you know, I thought I'd be getting paid, he said, let we'll me look it up. Oh, I made five dollars in a month. I made five dollars in a month. He said we don't pay out anything less than fifteen dollars. It was at that time, I said, This is nuts. This is absolutely ridiculous. I just worked my butt off for a month and I have nothing to show for it. So, I had seen some of the Behind the Steel Curtain stuff online before. I had read a couple articles, was not a follower, didn't have a login, all that stuff. I reached out to the then editor Neil Coulong. He brought me on. I was the volunteer at first, quickly got some, some money, and lo and behold, I'm going into my fourth season now with the Behind the Steel Curtain editor tag attached to my name now long story short going back to my roots here for this website this podcast i should say um we're going to talk a lot about the steelers we're going to talk about the steelers but at the very end i might talk about some other stuff with the pirates or penguins so if you're a steelers person and you don't like that other stuff you have plenty to listen to to start and end. if you're a pittsburgh guy like i am you love all three teams i'll have some stuff for you there as well now with the pittsburgh steelers a lot of stuff happened this week. You know, typically in February, it's a very slow month. Uh, free agency hasn't started. Uh, franchise tagging doesn't happen until the end of the month. You're really not getting into a lot of draft stuff because the combine doesn't start until the 27th. February is typically a very slow month. However, a lot of news can take place. And I think the most often talked about news with the Steelers, at least this offseason, and I guess you could say last off season as well, is the way Bell talk. Everyone's talking whether it's Art Rudy II, whether it's Le'Veon Bell himself, now Kevin Colburn, everyone is talking about this. Everyone's talking about Le'Veon Bell. Well, here's the thing. Everyone's talking, but we're not hearing any reports about actual traction. Now, the Pro Bowl, Le'Veon Bell said they're a lot closer than they were last year. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I guess it's a good thing. It's better than saying they're not even close. Yet there are no reports about them, you know, really, really getting there. We're so close. It just a few more things ironed out. The two parties, being the Steelers and On Bell, have both said that February 20th, just happens to be my birthday, by the way, is their deadline to try to get a deal done. February 20th is the first day that an NFL organization can franchise tag a player. If they don't get it done by February 20th, there's a good chance they'll use that franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell to ensure that he will be in the black and gold for the next season. Now, that's not the ideal situation. I get that. But at the same time, that's what they can do to make sure that they have Le'Veon Bell locked up. Now, they have options, not many. They could trade him or try to trade him after that. But I think everything that's been said, whether it's the president or Rudy II, whether it's the general manager or even Mike Tomlin, when he's been a part of the microphone, they want Le'Veon Bell back. They don't want it back just for a year. They want it back for the long term. And what is the long term for a running back? I'm talking probably a four or five year contract, something along those lines, to make sure that really they're going to get the best of Le'Veon Bell. They might not have him for the rest of his career, but they're going to get the best of Le'Veon Bell. So the Le'Veon Bell trade talk, I'm I'm sorry, that's going to cause a lot of people's ears to perk up. The Le'Veon Bell contract talks continue, but again, there's a lot of talking with saying nothing at all. There is no news here. They're just, they're still talking. I, I pretty much get the gist if you take a look at last year's negotiations and what happened then, it's gonna come down to the last hour. Reports for last year that the two sides didn't even really discuss anything until the last day. The last day was when they actually got into the room and said, we, got, we have to try to figure something out now. That might happen again. It might not, we don't know. Now, speaking of Art Rooney, Art Rooney, I like this guy. You know, a lot of people say that he didn't deserve to be the team president because his his grandfather, the chief, fought the team. His father, Dan Rooney, was the one that kind of constructed the, the powerhouse dynasty of the 1970s and then set up the franchise for success later, whether it's hiring Mike Tomlin, whether it's bringing in all these great players. He was the one that went into the draft room in 2004 and said we were drafting Ben Roethlisberger. Art Rooney, a lot of people say, it's just been given a gift, a, a gift of heredity, essentially. But I really like Art Rooney II. I do. And it's because after every season, he always talks to the media. And when he talks to the media, he doesn't He doesn't splice his words. He knows exactly what he's saying. He knows exactly how to say it. And if the team and if the coaches aren't listening, they should. And now this year, he always pinpoints exactly what the Steelers need to work on. Some might say that this is just, you know, any layman's perspective, but this isn't just any layman. This is the team president. For instance, it was one year when he said we need to keep Ben Roethlisberger healthy. We need to decrease the amount of sacks. And they did that. They need to run the ball better. They did that. We need to get to the pass. We need to sack the quarterback. They did that. So this year, I think personally, his comments were on point. He called the run defense soft in a conference call with uh with season ticket holders. If there's a word that a football player cannot stand to hear or have him labeled as such, it is soft. And he called the run defense soft. Oh my goodness. Uh he said kind of soft. It doesn't soften the blow, no pun intended. But you know what? That's right. He's right. And I wrote an article about this. and it, The Steelers' defense just isn't built the same way anymore. And that's a lot to do with the NFL and the way that it's going into a pass-happy league. But still, the run defense needs fixed, and that's why he said that. He also said that on offense, conversion downs, third down, fourth down if they choose to go for it, and in the red zone, they struggle. And boy, is he right. I think that I'm pretty sure the Steelers finished 22nd overall in the NFL in red zone conversion to touchdowns. Folks, this is an offense that has, in my opinion, the most talent compared to every other NFL team. Every other team. Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, Juju Smith-Schuster, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, an offensive line that is riddled with all pros and Pro Bowlers, and they're their veterans, and it's my goodness, how are you 22nd in red zone production? But that's where they are, and that's exactly what Rooney said. And because of that, you can expect this to be an emphasis. Randy feeder who's taking over an offensive coordinator, his job number one, when he took that job, when it was offered, I guarantee you was, you need to get the red zone offense fixed. It's broken, and it needs fixed. It hasn't been good in a long time. Bruce Arians, it wasn't good. Todd Haley, it wasn't good. Can feeder fix it? I don't know, but Art Rooney's not happy about it, and I suggest if he wants to keep a job, he will. Now, uh, on to the next topic, team needs. I did my first team needs article earlier this week where I try to break down the top five needs for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they approach the the next season. And obviously, this is an article that is always has a ton of comments. A lot of people have their own list, their own priorities. Here's how I listed my team needs. Number one, inside linebacker. I think it's obvious. You know, Ryan Chazier is out. It doesn't look like he's going to be back anytime soon. I'm not saying he never will, but it doesn't look like he'll be back anytime soon. And so that's really important. So I had inside linebacker number one. Number two, I had safety. Mike Mitchell might be gone. Sean Davis is young. They need a safety. Now when I say team needs, this isn't a draft needs list. This is a just a team need list. This could be through free agency, promoting someone from underneath, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Third, I get a wide receiver, and this was probably the biggest issue that fans of the website had with my list was that I, they they have thought that wide receiver was way too high on the list. They said there's no way that wide receiver should be above some of the other needs, but I disagree. You look at the top three: Brown, Smith, Schuster, and Martavis Bryant. After Brown, you can mix up those other two however I mean, you like. Who are the other receivers? Darius Hayward Bay, a lot of people like myself think he could be a cab casualty. Eli Rogers tore his ACL in the final game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who knows if he'll even be ready for this season? And if he is ready, when will he be ready? No one knows. He's still rehabbing his knee, and that's he's at the early stages of this stuff. And it's not going to be too long before there are spring workouts. So you can't rely on Eli Rogers. So who else do they have? Yeah, they picked up some. Undrafted. I'm sorry, they picked up some guys that they have on reserve contracts, like uh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s son and stuff like that. And they could possibly pick up a wide receiver on the free agent market. But this is a need.
1: Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited.
2: When Antonio Brown let down, they were able to keep it going because they had depth. They don't have that depth, so I think the wide receiver is number three. If one of those players, Martavis, Bryant, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Lord forbid, more than one go down, they're in trouble. They're in big trouble, so that's why I have wide receiver there. Four, I have outside linebacker or edge pass rusher. I'd love to see the Steelers go after a Carl Lawson-type pass rusher in the middle of the draft, I'm thinking rounds three, four, five. Um, They don't have a fourth-round pick, I don't believe, but if they could get back into that somehow. Carl Lawson was a pass-rushing specialist for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he did so very, very well. In my opinion, if the Steelers could use Bud Dupree on early downs in coverage and then bring in that pass-rushing specialist on special obvious passing passing situations, I think that would be very successful for them. So although they've drafted a lot of outside linebackers in the last five years, I wouldn't say it's a top priority, but it is a priority. And then lastly, fifth, I think they need to get a nose tackle that is a little bit bigger uh, a little bit better fit for the 3-4 defense than Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave is great. He's athletic. He's fast. He has quick hands and good first step, but at the same time, he gets pushed around a lot because he's not your atypical nose tackle. He's not huge, and so because of that, we have to figure out what we're going to do inside, say, William mean, the Steelers at nose tackle, someone that can plug up the middle and really help in that run defense that Art Rooney second called soft not too long ago. So... uh. Their team needs, again, inside linebacker, safety, wide receiver, outside linebacker, and nose tackle. What do you think? What are your five, top five team needs? Well, you can always find that article on BehindTheSteelCarding.com. You can Google Steelers Team Needs 1.0. It'll come up, guarantee you. And uh, go ahead and comment. Comment on the article and, and get in, jump into the discussion. It's good stuff. Next, we roll on to the Steelers contract situations. This is the last thing I'm going to talk about really with the Steelers. The Steelers' contract situation, you know, they, they've, they've done some stuff. They've signed a lot of their own. So I'm thinking of guy like, guys like Jordan Berry, who got a one-year deal. Um, I'm sorry, Toronto Black. B.J. Finney got a one-year deal. Matt Filer got a one-year deal. Uh, they're really finding those players that are the depth pieces and making sure they're going to be back next year. They also gave players like Roosevelt Knicks a four-year contract to keep him locked up. They're doing this for a reason. They want to lock these players up before they start to free up cap space. They know how much cap space they need to free up. And they've done a lot of that by restructuring David DiCastro and Stefan to current deal. There are more moves coming. Kevin Colbert said it himself on Thursday. I'm saying it now. They are going to continue to sign their own. I'm thinking like a player like Chris Boswell is probably going to be due to get a decent contract coming up. He's going to be able, um, a restricted free agent. But... This isn't just gonna be for signing Le'Veon Bell. That's gonna be a priority for the Steelers, is getting Le'Veon Bell locked up. But then moving money around, and that I, I think you can expect a Ben Roethlisberger to get an extension, maybe give a two, three-year extension, which will lock him up for another four years, to able to move money around in that situation and free up more cap space. So if they're able to sign uh, or extend Ben Roethlisberger and restructure maybe someone like Cameron Hayward's contract, or maybe Antonio Brown, not only would they have enough money to give Le'Veon Bell what he's asking and a reasonable deal to get him locked up, but they're also going to be able to have money to possibly sign other free agents and their draft picks once they go through the NFL draft process. This is all part of the grand scheme of the, of the salary cap equation. And let's not forget, no one, no one, I mean no one right now, knows Exactly what the salary cap is going to be for 2018 and 2019 season. There are people that give projections. There's people that can guess. They can look at the past and say it's probably going to grow ten million. That seems to be the average that it goes up ten million every year, but at the same time, it might not. They might go more, it might be less. The Steelers need to free up space regardless. Before they decided to restructure DeCastro Castro into it, they were over the cap. Now they're compliant but they need to free up more space, and that is still going to be taking place. So make sure you keep BehindTheSteelCurtain.com active on your page as your number one go-to source for Pittsburgh Steelers news. It's not only got the best news, it's not only has the best features and commentary, it has the best community. So if you don't have a login, if you haven't signed up, create yourself a login, join into the discussion, and it is tremendous. You might find it addictive. I'm just warning you now. You might find yourself addictive to the comment section. It's happened to me when I started writing there. All the other writers have said the same thing, especially when you put your work out there like I have for so many years and all the other contributors at Behind the Seal Curtain. You want to hear good things. You want to hear good feedback, but you know, not everything's good, as we saw against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So there you have it, folks, the Black and Gold Blitz. That's your Steelers portion. But there's a couple more things I want to talk about for those Black and Gold enthusiasts that goes beyond the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Penguins beat the LA Kings 3-1 tonight, and I tell you what, this team is heating up. If you follow hockey, you had the early season slump that the Penguins were on, in my opinion, it was totally predictable. They have won back-to-back Stanley Cups. They've been playing from October until June, the last two years. It's got a weight on the body. Now, The Penguins are starting to turn it around. They're hanging with the the Capitals in the Metropolitan Division. They're right around fourth in the conference. I'd like to see them move up to at least third, maybe second if they can really get hot and some other teams can start to slump. As long as they get in the playoffs, folks, that's all that matters. As long as they get in the playoffs. The, The President's Cup trophy for the best team in the NHL, the best team in the conference, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. The Penguins never do that and they won back-to-back Stanley Cups. I do think this team is—it needs to make a deal. I don't think they need to go out and make a Jerome Ginla deal. I don't think that's it at all. I think this team does need to go out and find another center, maybe a veteran winger, maybe a blue line player. I don't want them to give up much, and so they're not going to get much in return, but I do think if they can find a couple penalty penalty killers especially, with this power play as good as it is right now, they are going to be a tough team to beat, not only in the regular season, but also in the playoffs. So, everything was down in the dumps. And I told my wife this earlier tonight, I said, boy, I tell you what, there were some down days when the Steelers had just gotten beat by the Jaguars. The Penguins sucked. They couldn't do anything right. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Because the Pirates, I'll get to them in a second, they're going to, they're going to be horrible this year as well. Thankfully, the Penguins have turned it around. There's hope in the Steel City once again for a winner. And maybe, just maybe, the Pittsburgh Penguins could really get their act together. And and win three in a row. Three in a row. That would be incredible to see. I don't think that's happened since Edmonton did it back in the 80s when Wayne Gretzky was playing there. I'd have to double-check on that. But just remarkable turnaround. It just goes to show how good Mike Sullivan is as head coach and how good it is when you have two superstars like a Malkin and Sidney Crosby. On the same team. Now, let's talk about that other team in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, the team that's just, you know, they just traded their number two starter and they're the face of the franchise. Uh, the number two starter, Garrett Cole, he actually he gave us a, a little bit of a, a return. Uh, I think it was like four or five players. That, that's not bad. I mean, you can kind of wrap your head around maybe there's some prospects in there. Maybe there's some players that could actually contribute early, as in now. And then you trade Andrew McCutchen. To the San Francisco forty. Sorry, I'm still a football man. San Francisco Giants for essentially a cup of coffee, and I'm not joking. Essentially a cup of coffee. I named my dog, Kutch. I did. My son, we got him a dog. He's nine. Our dog's gonna be four in March. I named him Kutch. Look at my gosh! I should have gone with Sid. Could have gone with Ben. Could have gone with Gino. All great names. Great names that would have stuck. I had no Kutch. Kutch isn't going anywhere, I said. There's no way he's going to go anywhere. And now he's with the San Francisco Giants, and the, the Pirates have nothing, nothing to show for you. You hear these interviews from the players down there, pitchers and catchers in Bradenton, and my goodness, they sound depressed. They're essentially playing on a team that has zero hope at all. Could you imagine getting ready to embark on a 162-game schedule, knowing beforehand that the ownership the general manager, and possibly your man your your head coach, your manager, know that this this season's a wash. Could you imagine that? I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't. I have a feeling a lot of those players are gonna be busting their butt for one reason, and that's if they play well, they might get traded. They might get traded to a team that's in contention, they might get traded to a team that can win a World Series, because it sure as hell isn't happening in Pittsburgh, unfortunately. So as good as things are in Pittsburgh with the Steelers, I do still have hope that the Steelers are going to be really, really good next year, by the way. And as good as things are going as good as things are going with the Penguins, they definitely turned it around. It can't be worse for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So with that said, thank you for listening. If you listened all the way through to the Black and Gold Bliss, my first episode, I might have some guests on here or there to talk about, you know, the comings and goings of the Black and Gold lifestyle that so many of us live. In the meantime, I ask you, check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. Check out all of our podcasts on our iTunes account just by searching The Standard is the Standard. That's our flagship podcast I do with Lance Williams. You can find us on YouTube by searching BTSC Steelers Radio. And you can always, always, always find us again at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Thanks for listening. Everyone be safe and be good to one another. We'll see you next time. Bye.
0: Hello. Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?